Hello? Yo. Hey, what's up, man? Cal Combs. Ren, what's up, bro? Young Cal Combs. <laughs> How you doing, man? How's it going? I'm good. Yeah, man. It's been a minute. Well, not that I know. Long, I'm, I'm... Yeah. How are things? How's your life? It is what it is. It's all, it's all crazy right now, but, you know, we're, we're kicking, so that's enough. <laughs> How's everything back that way, man? You got, yo, I've been seeing, like, videos and everything, like, y'all are fully open, shows are going on, concerts are happening, like, life continues in Japan, right? Oh, yo, I'm in, um, I'm in Atlanta. You're in Atlanta? Wait, did you, did you leave Japan? Yeah, yeah, I came back. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck, when'd you do that? Uh, summertime, like around middle of the summer. Word, how's it, how's your transition been? I mean, I, I went from one lockdown to another lockdown, so. Right. Uh, my life hasn't really changed that drastically. <laughs> as far as lockdowns are concerned. <laughs> but uh, on the other hand, uh, Georgia's also kind of fully open, so I could do that if I wanted to. True. But I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you are talking about the situation in New York, right? Yeah. yeah everything's. It's been crazy. It's been on and off crazy, like. You know, I mean, just back to back, we went from coronavirus hit, protests went crazy, election shit. Word. I mean, it's just been, it's eventful. And whenever you're in New York, like, you, you just feel like you're in the middle of everything that happens in America. It's like the epicenter. True. So it's it's just been like a wild ride. Like, I feel like I'm on TV or something. <laughs> yeah, y'all are... Um... Y'all are back on it, right? Um, like a lockdown, yeah, to, to a degree. Down. They shut the schools down because we they we had, they had a negotiation between the teachers' union and uh, and the you know state government or whatever. And they said if our infection rate went up to five percent, no, actually three percent, then we would uh, they would close schools. But what's crazy is like the infection rate. It's the reason why it got to the point that it's at now is is not even from schools. The infection rate from the schools is like 0.39 or something like that. But out of the bars and uh, family gatherings and stuff like that, or home gatherings, that's where the majority of the spread's coming from. So right. it's like we closed the schools kind of for no reason, just kind of as a punishment to people for acting up. <laughs> but I mean, like, schools don't make no money. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. So are you right. what what are you doing right now? So I'm working we were, were we just went full remote, so it's been this kind of crazy transition with um you know, back when coronavirus initially hit in uh fucking was that March or something. Right. Um it we, you know, we had to distribute all these computers and, you know, we, we pretty much all transitioned, the entire city transitioned into like a remote teaching kind of thing. And so now that we're closed down again, we're just 
back on that. So I'm teaching five classes Monday through Friday, which is a lot, dude. It's so hard to like sit in front of a computer all day. Yo, tell me about it. Uh, I don't know, like. Oh, I, I, don't, I, I didn't mean it, literally. I mean, yeah, I used to. I I was working remote, like uh, part time, half. Uh, how how can I say that? Like half of the week when I was uh in Japan my last year. Mm. And yeah, it's uh, you know, I wasn't on video Sucks. talking to kids, but still, it's just like a grind being in front of a computer all day. That's right. The fatigue, man, gets to you. Yeah, and I know the dynamics probably hella different from you know in person. I don't know how big your classes are, but still. Yeah, they can be a little chaotic. I teach middle school too, so they're, you know, they like to fuck around sometimes. <laughs> My kids haven't been bad, but some of the other teachers have like they've. It, it's been terrible for some of these other teachers. Like, um, for example, there's this we have a shortage we have a staff shortage and so one of our bilingual teachers she's kind of this older woman she pretty much teaches like spanish like she's supposedly teaching english but she teaches like while speaking spanish um but this year they put her in a position teaching like a full-on english you know cohort like she's and so she's been trying to do that she has no experience doing it um and the kids like fucked with her every day she's older she doesn't know how to do that use the technology very well like so they but like it got to the point where like she was almost gonna like i think she called the cops because they had she whatever was going on maybe she shared her screen and accidentally shared some personal information but like they found her address they found her phone number and they were like like threatening her and like apparently like putting shit in the mail and go, that was like getting delivered to her house and shit oh that's like up. they were yeah like really fucking with her and uh children children yeah <laughs> like assaulting this this poor woman like <laughs> and you know and she like tried and you know how teachers can be like they really try to like flex nut like she was trying really hard to be like you know aggressive towards the kids like you can't do these things like you're all in trouble kind of thing you know and that just egged them on more and they're like oh really I was like, you can't do that with these kids. Like, wow, that's fucked up. So, it's really fucked up. So that's apparently like, there's, I don't know what's going on, but they, and we're not, we're not getting tons of information, but they've talked about that being like lawsuit type stuff going on. Um, I know she called the teachers union, which our teachers union in New York is like this, they're a mob. <laughs> I mean, they're the reason like the schools have been opening and closing. Like they have a huge kind of political pull and she kind of got them involved and so I don't know what's going on but shit's been chaotic damn you think uh well I guess not I guess they don't really give a fuck about her at all <laughs> no yeah I was about to say you, you think kids would be more compassionate but yeah there's no connection between the teacher and the students then yeah that environment can get really fucking messy yeah I, I think it's just because of the way she was reacting like she was like coming at them and so they just they feel justified <laughs> at this point yeah, because she, maybe she was kind of being rude about it should have been like I love so. now <laughs> yeah exactly like 
Sign Thank them. you so much. I never get mail from friends. It's like a fucking decapitated head. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I want one of these for my living room. Shit. Yeah, signed them up for um, I don't know, like a Rolling Stone magazine or some shit. Right. Or, or just ignore them. Just like, what? What are you talking about? I didn't get an email. Yeah, that's probably the best move. Damn, that shit is trash. Trash, trash. Do, do y'all have a schedule for when y'all are going to open back up? They, uh, there was a, I tried to watch it, but I'm tired of listening to fucking Cuomo, the governor. I'm sorry, I'm tired of listening to that fucker talk, but, uh, what? he had talked to- You mean <laughs> Emmy award-winning Cuomo? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, leave this man alone. He's something else. He's something else. Yo, does my man really have a nipple ring? No, he doesn't. Oh shit! I thought I saw that somewhere. <laughs> Wait, no, no. I mean, I actually believe you. I'm googling this shit. There's no way. <laughs> Governor Cuomo has a nipple ring. Yo, why? Like, this is about to be in my history. Hold up. Oh, he does, bro. He really does. Out the bar. Getting it. He got both. Yo, this man, he's on some freak shit. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, we don't kink, we don't we don't kink shame. We don't kink shame on this podcast. Oh, yo. you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> wow, this is uh this is a thing. Okay. I I mean, I guess I'll have to learn to just <laughs> Accept this, yo. Got new material for your next class. Too. Like they caught him because they were like scoping him through the through the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, dude. Uh, Nobody's safe. Yeah, man. Yeah, for real. Like once you put yourself out there, especially on video, like it's open season. Right. That's why I'm still doing some uh some like tutoring online but my shit is all voice they've like i've been offered some videos and i've just been like nah son i'm good on that <laughs> i'm hella good on <laughs> <Yeah>. all that <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, me and siri are actually we've been talking about opening up a like a like an english school okay you ever want a job you let us know you're hired <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. Dude, we were going to do, uh, this is our plans. We were going to open up this school since everybody's remote right now. And uh, I was talking to her the other day. I was like, dude, this, you know, same thing, same conversation we had, like, dude, being on Zoom sucks. And I was like, we got to we gotta do something to make it seem like, I don't know, more real or more fun or I don't know, just something's got to be different. But uh, then we started looking into, like, these VR headsets. And the new Oculus is pretty cheap. And we we're like, yo, if we bought 20 of these VR headsets and we uploaded them with they have this like uh, some company came up with this kind of like uh, it's technically a game, you know, for the Oculus or whatever. But mm -hmm. it's called Engage, but it uh, has like a boardroom, it has a classroom. And I was like, dude, our first like batch of kids while we're in this like remote shit, we can send them these Oculus shits as, as rentals and then we can do a fucking like VR class. Um, ah, so that's, okay. that's, 
Yeah, that's what we got in the works. Everybody in the same space, not just on the screen. Yeah, but actually, like, you know, interacting. I don't know. There's something different about it. I was watching the, you know, tutorials of how people use this, you know, kind of system or whatever. But you got, like, a whiteboard that's in the classroom. Uh, Everything that you work on, it saves to, like, Microsoft OneDrive, which I hate Microsoft OneDrive, but still, like, you could... All the elements are there for it to work pretty effectively very similar to an actual classroom and i think like if we got if we do that now we'll be ahead of the curve because i actually see that coming like at all education is going to have a huge boom of this virtual reality shit i guarantee it hmm. if i was a betting man i'd be putting bets down on it you know i saw um something like that except it was stand-up comedy like somebody made oh, yeah. a comedy club and there was like a stage and everything so you know the comedian was on stage in front of a mic and then the audience was like standing around in the crowd area of the bar yeah i mean it's pushing us there like everything's gonna go virtual concerts will be like that concerts have already been been like that you know they've been doing that kind of shit they were doing but like it's gonna be they were doing Fortnite shit even before the pandemic yeah so all that shit's coming. I mean, who knows, man? You got And then you got Elon Musk in the background working on the Neuralink. Like, I don't know. This what the coronavirus hell is, that? is like... You ever heard about the Neuralink? Nah, is that... Uh, that's from Terminator, right? That shoots off the nuclear bombs? No, that's... Uh, oh, gosh, what's it called? Cybernet. Cybernet is the... Oh, shit. My bad. <laughs> but, uh, no, Elon Musk, he has this, you know, he's done, he's, he's going to space. He's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But he has this, um, uh, one of his kind of like entrepreneurial en- endeavors. That's, that's a mouthful. But one of those is him, this thing called Neuralink, which is a small little thing that connects with like the receptors in your brain. Like they literally drill a hole in your skull. Wait, what? And they, Dude, you haven't seen. Dude, you, they have a whole like uh, press conference thing. You got You got to see it. It's insane. But they drill a hole in your skull. They install this little machine thing, and it has like these. It's it's insane to watch. Like they show a close up video. Uh, like the wire has like these uh, like tendrils, I guess, kind of things. Like different. I don't know, but they move. So it's like fifty seven little needles, and they like inject into your brain literally plug into your brain and from that little terminal that you've plugged into your brain they can control your pain your pleasure like all of those things they have they can hijack um and so it's supposed to be like a cure for you know chronic pain um and other uh mental illness depression things like that they have like they can hijack your brain and, and fix it and they've they've already run tests on pigs and so they've been, they've installed them into these pigs and they're like reading their brain waves and live on live feeds and really weird man really fucking weird you got to check out the the youtube video of like him unveiling the pigs yo i think i'm good on every single part of that everything you just explained right? to me i think i'm hella black good. mirror right it's scary <laughs> but you know that uh, like you, uh, you you watch these things kind of like growing in tangent you see you know Neuralink's coming out here you see a push for we're doing remote learning, but it's not working as well. You know, we people are feeling depressed because they're not able to connect with family members and yada, yada, yada. And like, there's just like this push 
for creating the matrix bro <laughs> like i don't know it's, it's, it's weird yo we are like actual factual living in the future now yeah pretty much i mean i still don't have a hoverboard like marty mcfly but i'm sure they're working on it somewhere y'all was just telling someone uh i dave Chappelle was on joe rogan lately right and he was telling them about this video he saw of Audi's new car. Have you heard about this? No, but they're always coming out with cool cars. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. So, yeah, this car, the headlights are actually drones. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. That's insane. It's fucking like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they, like, follow you? Yeah, I saw this. Yeah, they fly ahead of you and like, yeah. light up the road as you go. That's like... so extra. <laughs> <laughs> so extra. Like, like your regular headlights aren't working enough? I don't... <laughs> Hella extra, son. <laughs> so extra, like... Oh, damn. Yeah, man. That Whose dumbass idea was that, though? Like, headlights are already super effective. They were like, nah, you know what? I don't want to be able to see one football field. I want to be able to see 27 football fields away. You know what I'm Come saying? On. And what's wild is, like, Chaos. that right there is some kid that's being born right now today is, like, normal. That's, like, their regular life. Facts. They're going to be yeah. looking at, you know, Oh, your your headlights stay in your car? What the you old motherfucker? You crusty ass dinosaur with your analog headlights? Yeah, Yo, you bring up that brings up a really interesting point. You know, like all of this stuff. You know, whenever we were kids, and and not even us, but like even our parents and grandparents, whenever they were kids, like this was the kind of shit that like they came up with in their wildest imagination. You know, mm. but if this was your normal, like, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, what's what's left for the imagination if we've already accomplished so much? It's, it's kind of weird to think about. I mean, I can kind I of know. get it. Like, um, I heard somebody else say on a podcast they were describing how kids today or most people like younger millennials and the generations under that are uh, pretty much media trained just by existing. And how, right. how back in the day, you know, in a news story, if an anchor interviewed somebody, they might, you know, freeze up in the headlights. They don't know how to act, you know, being put on the spot, uh, in the spotlight. Mm. But you can take any kid today and be like, all right, uh, Tell us what's going on, and they'll be able to just jump in like, boom, okay, you know, I know what to say. I know how to act in front of a camera just because that's their normal. True. I I'm sure that's you, really weird. you can see it like in your Zoom class. There's probably some shy kids or whatever, whatever, but probably everybody's hella comfortable uh, chilling in front of a camera, like not really worried about it. Yeah, true. And they have like mannerisms that are like reflective of that comfortability. Like, yeah. they, like, do shit all the time. It's weird. Yeah, it's probably, like, for people like you and I who are kind of used to 
performing in a sense or at least being in front of people not really mm-hmm. having that, that kind of anxiety it might not be whatever but i i remember you know having uh mass media classes or what was that class called it wasn't public communications yeah something like that where we had to like give speeches or presentations in front of class and like some people like freaking the fuck out like they didn't really oh yeah yeah man this whole shit is like i don't know the world's fucking different now i know i don't know how to feel about it (laughs) i do not know how to feel about it i'm just chilling that's really all you can do right it's crazy you're back in Atlanta, man. What what prompted that? I thought you were going to be in Japan forever, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Nah, that was never the plan, really. No? Well, what happened? What prompted you to come back to Georgia? Uh, well, you know, I was trying to uh, change jobs. Like I said, I had started uh, doing some translation work. Like, um... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing that half that and I was still teaching half time also right. I'm basically trying to get out of education right. so while I was doing that uh, I was uh, looking for some work and uh, it was taking too long and then uh, all this other shit started happening and then uh, yeah I just uh had to vamp out and especially after the um like shit started shutting down and the the olympics got canceled yeah because i was pretty much staying in japan just for the olympics like uh, my plan was always to leave after the olympics right that was actually my plan too (laughs) when i when i had just moved there i thought i was gonna stay for five years only stayed for three Mm. Yeah, life comes at you fast. Yeah, it does. So what you doing now? Did you ever, did you figure out something? Uh, as far as what? As far as work, because I know you're trying to get out of education and stuff. Um, no, not really. No, I'm kind of waiting really. to see how this pandemic thing plays out. Yeah, it's all, it's putting everybody in. It's had it's, it's had me and I mean I've never felt more, you know, I, like having a paycheck. You know, you think about it, and you're always like, oh, paycheck. You know, I'm safe. I have a stable job. You know, coronavirus. It really like. I mean, I didn't know if we were even gonna keep teaching. Whenever it first hit, I was like, oh my god, like they're gonna furlough every teacher. Mm. Like, cause because my initial thought, because this is true. I mean, teaching through Zoom is it's inadequate as fuck. So I was like, dude, they're li- like. They're going to realize that and be like, why are we paying these teachers? Like, let's just put them on some kind of other program or I don't know. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I was like mad anxious. I was like, dude, I'm about to be like, you know, fighting for air here. Um, right. We got one stimulus check, <laughs> you know, and you know I was like, saying? oh, my gosh, like, this is, yeah, this is really about to be bad. <laughs> and it had us. We, But, you know, it, it kind of woke me up to thinking about. You know, you we I gotta figure something out that's not my paycheck. I gotta figure out something that's like assets based. True. Like something that, you know, if shit hits the fan, I 
well, we own a home or something like that, or we own a business, you know, something that, that lives. I don't know, dude, it's just, it had me thinking like crazy. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I know everybody's been kind of scrambling. I was, uh, kind of a crazy story. I, I went back to Indiana, um, over the summer to, uh, to visit Indianapolis. But yeah, I think well, I, I never made it up to Carmel, but yeah, but yeah, Carmel. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, my friend that I had grown up with, he, he owned this, uh, this company called, uh, Indy e-cigs, uh, and they were selling like the vape pens, you know, mm -hmm. jewel or whatever. And he had been doing that forever, and they were selling uh, like vape oil and and like bottling and selling vape oil for you know years. Coronavirus hit, and so since they already had all this bottling equipment, they you know switched it up, and instead of bottling that vape oil, they started bottling hand sanitizer. Oh, and sick. then they started sourcing. Yeah, they started sourcing uh, from other places. They started, and you know they finally got like a pretty good thing going for them, and uh, got to the point where like you know they now they're like a fully established and reputable hand sanitizer dealer and they got uh contracted by the indiana state government and so who ordered fucking gallons on gallons on gallons on hundreds of gallons of hand sanitizer mm. they also worked with like the fbi apple under armor hospital like all of these places dude made in the month of march and april he made eight million dollars oh shit right so it's just the thing just the movement of things like it's just insane how there's people like that that you know just the supply and de demand just came out of nowhere right uh i worked for him though i was like yo i'm i'm in <laughs> so <laughs> i was i spent my whole summer i was like dude i'm he, he they were gonna pay me 20 percent uh commission on any sales i made and i was like holy shit if i make a fucking a government sale like i'm about to have money so i spent the whole summer writing these government bids which i have no experience doing but i figured it out as quick as i could because i was like oh my gosh and so i filled out all these you know you do these bid things and it's like these huge document uh like packets like huge fat document packets i was just filling them all out as many as i could i applied for these bids in every state in the united states i sent a bid out and we kept getting beat because other people were kind of you know fishing for these bids or whatever and I ended up not getting anything, so that sucks. But mm. that was a that was a crazy ride, bro. Damn. Yeah, you never know where shit is gonna jump off from. Yeah, I mean, if one of those states would have got back to us and been like, "Hey, you know, we we want to take you up on that shit, dude," my life would have changed. Damn, that's wild. Yeah, I think a lot of people are definitely re-examining their circumstances or uh reorganizing their priorities yeah for sure good ways and bad ways you know it's been i don't know this whole thing's been crazy it's just been a wild ride that's all i can say some people ask me like yo how you doing i'm like dude i don't even fucking know anymore <laughs> i'm just i'm here i'm just taking yeah. it day by day yeah it's kind of wild I'm like especially in your case cuz you're like um <laughs> you're kind of the the uh the like center point of the nexus of so many categories like you're a teacher you live in New York 
you're young, you're uh, newly married. <laughs> you know, know what I'm saying? Dude. Your wife is uh, <laughs> an immigrant, basically, yeah. from Japan. Like, so yep. many different uh, plot points. Yeah, crazy, dude. Yeah, man, but you sound good. Sound like you're doing straight. Yeah, I'm mean, all right. I actually just found out, uh, like, last weekend that my grandmother has cancer, too. Like, just shit has been insane. Mm. So, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to kind of, got to stay positive. You got to try. <laughs> but, I think I'm just laughing about shit more than anything. Like, just the chaotic nature of everything. And, you know, like, it, you're right about being where I'm at, dude. It, I, it's hitting me in, in a way that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. As well but dude it's just been like it just feels so much more chaotic during those protests dude like i really thought we were gonna like overthrow the government <laughs> <laughs> i was like really under the impression if you could have seen i mean i know like there were protests you know around the world you know but like if you could have seen like they we took the fucking the bridges <laughs> right all of the major bridges brooklyn bridge at the on the same day brooklyn bridge george washington bridge like all of those bridges on the same day were conquered <laughs> and i was like this is it <laughs> this is like olympus has fallen like this is it dude and so and like that of course just throws a whole other like level of anxiety <laughs> like dude what happens after <laughs> like what dude i don't i don't even know damn <laughs> So were, were you out yeah, there I, at that time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. We were all, everybody was. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't go. Like, you wanted to go to the grocery store. Next thing you know, you're in Harlem with a picket sign. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck the police. Like, I, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. It just the, the, you know, you're in, and you're in the ranks with these people who have been, they've had these ideologies of of you know i mean black nationalists are in there you have uh, uh what is it zulu nation in there like all of those guys like and they're like this is it like we've been waiting forever and so and you're in the ranks with them and you're like fuck it dude i guess this is what's happening <laughs> you know and then to watch it kind of fizzle out i mean i don't know dude it just feels like you're like on a roller coaster or something it's just it's, it's a wild ride and i know it's affected me in like really weird ways like it, it just it felt so bizarre uh going into school after all that shit that happened you know and then going into this school mask on we, we're we're in the classrooms with like these meter sticks like trying to get six feet between all the desks and these tiny old dilapidated bronx school buildings hmm. And then, like, these six kids show up <laughs> for, like, we're in a class where there's supposed to be 32 kids. And it's just like, oh, shit. What? What is going on, man? Oh. So kids have stopped coming to school. Well, so a lot of the, well, that, that, yeah, uh, the attendance thing, they're not reporting on this a lot. But there's been something like, I think one of the figures that was thrown out there was, like, 70% on any given day 70 percent of the student population is just not there 70 percent um, is absent absent whoa yeah wow uh that, yeah 
I know they told me that and I was like, what are we doing? And so that, that's another reason why I'm telling you, like, things are going to change. There's, we cannot, the zoom thing is it's not sustainable. There's no way for this to work. So they're going to have to come up with something different. Um, and if they can't put us in the same space and continue with the traditional schooling cycle or whatever, they got to start getting innovative. And I don't know what that looks like in my head. It's a virtual reality kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, you know, where people are like, because like, if you're on like, you know, zoom, like, I mean, I'm in grad school right now too. So like when I'm, when I'm in class, like I click that camera off, dude, like I, I walk the fuck away, like, <laughs> you know, and I know my kids are doing that too. So wait, oh, it, oh, okay. I feel you. So, uh, you know, they got to come up with something to like hold these kids accountable for being where they're supposed to be. So I don't know. It also really makes you examine uh, the systems as they are, how they're set up and why they're mm -hmm. set up the way they are. Like, you know, the shit is so antiquated, like kids waking up at, you know, ass crack in the morning to mm -hmm. go to school for eight hours until this part, part of time. Why, why is it like that? you know so their parents can go to work and not have to worry about where their kids are well why are mm -hmm. the parents going to work at this time because you know that's how the companies wanted it back in the day they wanted even more time but we fought for like a 40-hour work week and you know it's just all these you know old steps from the past have put us into this position where we really could take the time to rethink it and rejig it and try to make it work for the modern time you know the 2020 2021 hoverboard drone headlight cars <laughs> you know what i mean that yeah. time yeah we should uh you know figure out how to get education and work and all these other things to fit into our lives better i don't know I totally agree. It's also old school and out of date. But you know, I mean, like that's, I think that what you just said right there, I feel like people that didn't really think about that, think about how things are, you know, a 17th century hangover. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think people are starting to think about it, you know, which is, you know, it is what it is. I mean, change always takes time. But uh, this is kind of the seeds of that tree. Crazy, crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. But anyway, so wait, you were calling me for, are you, are you still working with the, the Mega Late show? Or what's going on? Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, this is Mega Late. Word. Yeah, like uh, Mega's still doing the regular interviews, you know, in the studio. Right. And I've started doing these uh, kind of catch-up sessions. Okay, cool, cool. So wait, did you? is this all being recorded right now? Yeah, yeah I've been recording. Dude, you're a fed. You, it took you 30 minutes into this <laughs> conversation to tell me that, bro. <laughs> Yo, shout out to the viewers. What do you mean? I mean, listeners, bro. I'm just sitting here talking. Yeah, we're uh, we're live on Twitch right now. I put it on Instagram. 
No, I'm fucking with you. Oh, man. King Op. <laughs> the King Op, bro. <laughs> like, how you going to record a conversation and not be the first thing you say, hey, what's up, bro? Just P.S. I got the wire on me, homie. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, no, you all good. You all good. You know how um, you know how our flow used to be like. You you come in and we chill for a bit. We 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 talk. Then we start recording and we introduce mm-hmm. the podcast. And you know we have like a format and you know all sorts of stuff. Like everything happens in a in a line kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all all that shit's done. Like uh. <laughs> I, I call somebody. It's already recording, and then uh, as soon as the conversation's done, I, I hardly do any editing, and I just put it out. <laughs> right now, yeah, I'll take it though. I mean, whatever. Oh shit! I mean, tons of podcasts are like that, though. Yeah, for real. It's a. Uh, I feel this time more than ever is the time of no frills. Yeah. Why not? Keep it raw and grimy. <laughs> How's the podcast been doing, man? I've been, uh, I've seen Mega, you know, he's put out a few. I haven't really been keeping up with how many episodes have been coming out, but has there been, have you guys still been on a steady stream or? Uh, yeah, it looks like we get more listeners, like our average, our week, our average week, our weekly average. I don't know how to fuck to say that. The number of <laughs> listeners, <laughs> that average. Has. Every week looks like it's slowly increasing. I mean, slowly, but it looks like it's increasing. And, uh, you know, Mega was getting, well, all the guests are good, but we've had a couple uh, prominent guests this year that Mm -hmm. Mega was uh, able to cop, you know, before people were not allowed to come into Japan. All right. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. I saw uh, what's that? There's, there's this rapper. He's from Atlanta, I think. He's Japanese dude. Japanese uh, dude G- from Atlanta. Yeah, uh, Yama. What is that dude's name? Ah, G Yamazawa. Yeah, G Yamazawa. That's yeah, he's from uh, North Cal, North Kakalaki, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a uh, fuck. That'll be two years now, maybe. Two years ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. The the last time you were on was like, what, two, three years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Shit. I know, dude. It's been a long time. Time's flying by. Like, I, I can't believe I've been here for as long as I have already. You're in the Bronx? The BX, yeah. Yo, is uh, AOC your congresswoman, congressman, your representative? Uh, yeah, yeah. For the <laughs> district, yeah. That's tight. <laughs> yeah. AOC, bro, she's different. She's dope. We actually just elected a new. Uh, gosh, what what was he running for? Not Senate. He was running, yeah, for Congress. Yeah, uh, Richie Torres. He's a new guy. I actually worked with Richie Torres over the summer. And he got voted as one of the new, I guess, congressional. I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't know anything about this politics stuff. So, like, you're gonna have to edit this part. <laughs> but he's uh, he's basically he ran for Congress and he got voted in. So he's a freshman. But it was, was kind of cool because 
I was, you know, I'm a board member on that, on this nonprofit organization here. Oh, okay. And, uh, over the summer I was organizing like these cleanups because, you know, during coronavirus, there was, um, all these people, you know, they wanted to go outside, but there was nowhere to go. Like restaurants are closed, bars are closed. So like the parks were just like OD packed with like mm -hmm. hella people. And, uh, and the result of that was of course, like hella trash as well. And so. Everybody was kind of complaining. It was getting to the point where, like, you know, you couldn't even go to the park anymore. It was just, like, getting gross. And so the nonprofit I work with, we started, we're like, okay, let's start organizing cleanups. And so we did all these cleanups. And it ended with me. Uh, there's also the shop uh, down in Mott Haven here in the Bronx. It's called the Bronx Native. It's run by this really cool guy. His name is Amari's. Um, it's kind of like a streetwear brand kind of thing. But he does a lot of stuff for the community. He was, like, he handing out turkeys on Thanksgiving kind of dude. Okay. Right. Um, but I partnered with him to do this uh, cleanup event. And we tried to get the whole Bronx involved, but also Richie Torres. I worked with him, uh, him and his office to organize that event. And so, and now he's running for Congress. Kind of cool. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him, but uh, you said he's a young guy. Yeah, he's a young guy. He's, I mean, he's kind of like a, he's a groundbreaking thing. Cause he's, he's Afro Latina. He's, or Latino, and he um, and he's gay. He's openly gay, mm. and so and that's you know a huge thing because for so long those haven't been people that have been regularly represented in Congress. So it's cool that that's happening, and a lot of people support him. And yeah, when I first met him, bro, I walked up on him and I forgot about coronavirus. And I tried to shake his hand, and we had the most <laughs> awkward like. <laughs> greeting of, i've ever experienced i was he, i was like oh hey nice to meet you richie and he was like yo <laughs> i was like oh my god i totally forgot <laughs> yeah i mean yo shit is gonna be i don't know <clears throat> after everybody's able to go out it's gonna be interesting how so people weird. decide to interact with each other i mean with right? your peoples i'm sure it'll, it'll everything will be gravy but you know I don't know about you, but I'm going to be side-eyeing strangers for, like, a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, yo, is this, mm -hmm. is this nigga vaccinated? <laughs> Fuck. You got the vax, dog? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know. Yeah. But uh, what the fuck was I going to say? Um. Yeah, so nothing's happening in New York right now. So there's no events or nothing popping off. Nah, I mean, everything's been, I mean, there is like, there's underground kind of stuff that's not supposed to be happening, but it's still happening, of course. Mm. I, yo, some of the parties that have happened since coronavirus have been insane, like, because people, don't, they've stopped caring, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like, fatigue. One night, <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, people are over it. We came uh, home on our bikes one night and we're coming up to this, this road over here, Gerard Avenue anybody from the bronx who's listening to the podcast that i keep forgetting i'm being recorded for it but anyways yeah, tell, uh, <laughs> tell your students your address <laughs> now gerard runs all the way up and down the bronx so it's it's whatever uh, but over here on gerard we're coming up the road and all of a sudden like there's just like there's hundreds of people in the streets and there's music playing and i'm like yo what is going on it's late it's like midnight at this point um i'm like what is going on we pull up and it's this 
huge block party. Like, who invited all these people? They had their cars out there. Everybody's playing music. People just smashing Hennessy bottles in the street, which, you know, different from Japan. You can't be drinking out here like that, but mm. whatever. BX. And, like, it was the whole block. And, like, no police involvement, you know. It was awesome. I was like, this is crazy. And it insane. And then, you know, and the reason why the police involvement has kind of dropped, like, they stopped caring as well. Because the, all the whole defund the police, they, they all got their feelings hurt. And they're like, <laughs> well, fine, we're, we're not doing anything. Somebody also, let me tell you another story. I'm talking about the police not doing anything about anything. Uh, I was in front of Penn Station and me and Shuri were walking, our, we're walking home. And we weren't walking, we're riding our bikes, but we're pushing our bikes and we're walking in front of Penn Station. And as I'm walking, like this guy starts kind of like creeping up behind us. And, you know, me and Shuri noticed him, too. And I'm kind of talking to her. I'm like, you know, okay, you know, like, chill, chill, chill. And he starts getting closer. And I said, Shuri, go. So Shuri gets on her bike to take off. And as she gets on her bike to take off, all of a sudden, this knife, this pocket knife Whoa. goes right over my head. Yeah. Flies over my head, lands right in front of me. All right. I go, oh, my gosh, this man just tried to, like, you know. Like he threw it? How do Yeah, he tried to shuriken me, bro. He just chucked it at my <laughs> dome piece, bro. Right at my bean ski. I know. And so I'm like, yo, this is not okay. So I grabbed the knife because I'm like, yo, weapon Are you on the on ground. Foot? Like, let me get control. Huh? Are you on foot? I'm on foot. Yeah, I was pushing my bike. So I pushed my bike over. I grabbed the knife and I turn around. Of course, I start wilding out. I was like, yo, who you think you have? You trying to get stabbed with your own shit? You know, I'm wilding, right? Freaking out. Uh, and the dude kind of like backs up. He's like, he's starting to like calm down or whatever. I'm like, yo, you're going to die type stuff, right? And there's these two, and just this is kind of funny. There's these two like older women, older white women <laughs> walking by as this is going on. And I go, and I, I show them the knife. I go, you see this? You see this knife? Because I wanted witnesses. You see this knife? <laughs> this man just threw this knife at my head. Can you believe this? And they just started shaking their head and walked off. <laughs> and so, and I'm They're natives, screaming. Native New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. And so I'm like, yo, this man, like, this is messed up. And then I look, and like right behind him, literally like, you know, 25 yards away, I look and there's a police officer sitting in his car looking right at me, right? And I'm holding the knife up and I'm pointing at him, right? I'm like, yo, like, come help. I don't know what's going on here. Like, I don't know if he has friends. I don't know what's going to go on here. Right. And the police officer shrugs at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. You know, I mean, I understand. I understand. You know, but I feel like on any on any other day, if we hadn't just experienced all of the, you know, defund the police kind of stuff like before, you know, I feel like they would have done something, you know, just been like, hey, stop at least. But I think this man was probably thinking about like, no, y'all want to defund the police, then I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit right here in this car. <laughs> like, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I gave the dude the knife back, like on some really dumb shit. Like I gave the dude the knife back. I was like, "Don't ever do this again." And I gave him the knife back. I said, "You better turn around and get out of here." He took the knife, put it back in his pocket, and walked away. <laughs> what just happened? Whoa! What the fuck was his deal? Is he just like weird? I don't know. I don't know. I have no. Yeah, he was super weird. Like he was like a weird. I don't know. Super weird. Damn. Damn, I'm glad you're okay. Fuck. I know, dude. I got home and I was like, I should be dead right now. I mean, it's not much for a knife to just get stuck in, in the back of your head and like get stuck between your vertebrae. I don't know, dude. I had all the worst. 
You know what I mean? Anything I can know. happen. Yeah. Right. Ugh. Yeah, fuck the police. Jesus Christ. <laughs> useless. No, uh, not, not, uh, anything equivalent to that, but even here in the States, or not the States, we're both in the States, uh, in Atlanta, um, you know, they just, uh, started letting alcohol get delivered to places, mm. which, you know, for Georgia is a pretty big deal. Right. But, you know, even relating back to what we were saying before, there's still some old holdbacks like some uh, of the alcohol distributors don't want it going directly from the company to the con to the customer to the consumer so you know there's a little bit of red tape so it's not as easy as it should be to just order alcohol and have it delivered which you know in these kind of times you think people would adjust to the new dynamic but mm-hmm things are still kind of trash but yeah i know there's been speakeasies popping up and house parties and mm -hmm. fuck i would love to drink in the streets like in japan what's happening here bro come through <laughs> <laughs> yo yeah i'd like to get up to new york once all this shit dies down yeah it's crazy dude i mean that was highly irresponsible what's wild is like if you look at the infection rate around the city, it's not as bad in the Bronx. Like the Bronx didn't really, I hope I'm not, I hope that's not misinformation because I haven't checked in a long time, but <clears throat> I don't know. There's just been tons of like irresponsible things that I've seen. And like, you're like, wow, now we're going to get totally destroyed. Staten Island though, that's, that's the messiest place right now because there's hella people there that are just like, don't believe that it exists. Mm -hmm. And and that's actually apparently why our infection rate went up so much. Was that so whatever we're doing here, which I thought was like wild, it's ten times worse on Staten Island, apparently. Yo, Staten Island is the borough or is Long Island the borough? Staten Island's the borough. Word. Yeah, which it shouldn't be. We don't claim <laughs> Staten Island. Staten Island's trash. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm also not a scientist, but from the little bit of uh, actual scientific research that I've uh, seen or videos that I've watched, the reporting, the most risky thing is uh, indoor transmission. Yeah. Like being around people with poor circulation, not wearing a mask. Yep. That's where a lot of it comes from. Yeah. Oh, that was that brought up something like. So they, you know, that's a given, and so they they talked about safety precautions for schools, and talked about like ventilation, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this. But <laughs> talk the on it, teams, bro. <laughs> safety teams, bro. It was like some dude named Chuck like showed up, <laughs> and you know like we're we're fresh out of lockdown, fresh out of quarantine. Like we're like, dude, we, you know, we've been through some stuff. Like we y'all better make sure that this building is safe. The last thing we want is to do that again. 
and uh and that's what the expectation was We're like you know there's t- and there's millions of dollars that have been spent on this these safety precautions and and protocols and hand sanitizer yada 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 and so like we're we have high expectations right and so they're like all right we're sending a safety team in to every school in new york city and make to make sure that every classroom is good to go so they come in they look at the room for about two seconds and then they go okay you can have 14 kids in this room cool then bro they take a piece of toilet paper on my life they take a piece of toilet paper they clamp it on the end of a stick and they hold it up towards the ceiling and if it moves they say yep you got ventilation this is good to go (laughs) whoa they did that in every classroom bro there's no ventilation in at all like within the school especially the one that i that i work in and uh so our principal tells us on like the, the day before school starts and kind of as an orientation or whatever in all of the classrooms you have to keep closets open we have these like old old closet kind of things in the back of a lot of the classrooms like, why because there's these vents apparently in the closets and those vents don't go anywhere there's no air moving around between anywhere with those vents they're literally it's just like a grate in the ceiling it may have used to been a vent but it's not a vent and so that was kind of their way of like pretending that there's ventilation when really there's not and so now in the backs of all the classrooms all the closet doors are open but like just everything is just chaotic damn i love that highly scientific high-tech uh you know uh technique my man is using yeah, yeah, just mm, got a little bit of a ripple here. So uh, 13, <laughs> 14 kids, <laughs> 14 kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. That oh shit is God. crazy. I know. Ugh. Ugh. And I know that school is probably old as hell. Oh, yeah. New York. All of them are. Yeah, for real. Oh, Jesus Christ. I really I really don't know how to exist amongst humanity anymore. So disappointing. I know. Whoa. I know, dude. Are you um you still planning to go to Japan next year? We've talked about it. We uh I don't know, dude. Everything's just coming up in there. So we're, you know, we're getting married in July. And then we mm-hmm. we have plans. I mean, we we want to. We want to move back to Japan. Um, oh, word. Um, yeah. America's just, I don't know, dude. It's, I don't know. It's just not right. <laughs> it's just not right to be here, right? Fair, fair enough. <laughs> you know? I mean, like living in New York, it really gives you that perspective because, you know, you you are at like everything that happens in a, in America to America, et cetera. Like if you're in New York, it's like you feel it, you know, you see it Biden, like Biden getting elected, you know, you it reverberated through the city. This jovial spirit just reverberated through, like you feel it, ben. you know, and, and it's the same way with everything. George Floyd gets murdered by a police officer and just reverberates through the city. Mm-hmm. You know, coronavirus hits and yada, 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 like everything. Uh, you just it hits different. See, you see everything. I don't know, dude. It just, and it just makes you really like acutely aware of how 
unstable things really are and like how you know you fit into this classist structure you know you walk down the street you see homeless people and then you walk you know you you, you can see a billionaire in the same breath that you see somebody who doesn't hasn't had anything to eat for like a month and you just see it all it's too visceral i guess <clears throat> and then you think about you know you're you're getting to be an age where you're like yo like maybe i want to have a family and then you look around at your surroundings and you're like why would i do that to a kid mm. <laughs> you know i mean no disrespect that it, it is what it is and you know some people really i don't know it's it, a lot of it's just me and how i perceive things and i may not be right about everything but that's just that's how i feel you know well i mean you know we're all uh slaves to our situations and if right. you have options to, you know, change your situation, then that's more than some people have, which is why they are who they are. Exactly. I know. And that, there's that whole other part of me that's like <clears throat> uh, <laughs> my white savior complex. <laughs> like. <laughs> If you leave, like, you know, you can't serve your community and all that kind of <laughs> shit. But that that's real, bro. That's real. You really feel that. That's also white people shit. You know, I can't work for I can't serve my community. You know, this ain't my fucking community. Like it's mm. not in my hands to do those things. So, you know. And that's kinda and you know, if you ever came and visited me and saw how I interact with my community, you'd see that. Like it's all like, I don't know, you you I want to be participatory in things like I want to that's the kind of person I am I mean you you know me you saw me in Japan like I was you know doing shows meeting people and yada 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 like that's just the kind of person I am you know but if you live in a place like the Bronx you know and you're you're, you're white <laughs> you know it's not your place it's not not mm -hmm. your place to be that kind of person mm -hmm. so that's really detrimental for me because that's like I feel like I can't live the life that I want to live um I understand so that's a whole that. other piece there. Yeah. You mean just, just because just the extra eyes on you, like kind of uh, scrutinizing what you do? Yeah. Well, I, it, like, okay. So for example, like I, when I work with that, that nonprofit, you know, we, we did the cleanups and stuff, but it was never, I was never supposed to be any kind of like spokesperson for that kind of stuff. You know, it was always about trying to find a way, you know, to have those things happen, but it not be something that, you know, we were trying to take credit for, or like, I don't, I don't know, dude. So, cause, cause if you do, if you are there and you're trying to like, it looks like you're taking credit for something. It's like, why are you, why are you doing this in our neighborhood? Mm. And so, and that's a consistent thing. So even if it's the best thing in the world, like even if we were like walking down the street, handing everybody money, <laughs> you know, it, it wouldn't be okay if it was me just because I'm white, you know, understood. And so yeah so it's kind of a that's interesting it's a weird dynamic and I, and it feels limiting for just the kind of person i am i've got a, so i got a question go for feel it feel free to answer in uh as much uh with as much uh, exposure as you want limited or okay. not but uh what, what you said really reminded me of a, of a sentiment um minority people have like especially uh you know like as a black person in america like as an african-american quote unquote i i don't really have uh, 
a majority place. You know what I mean? There's no country mm-hmm. called Africa, America, where I can go right. and, you know, I'm suddenly in the majority. Like, if I go back to Africa, right. I'm not African. I'm not in the majority here. And, you know, even when you get more micro amongst the African-American community, quote, unquote, I'm not necessarily, uh, I don't fit the cultural image or whatever, whatever, exactly. Right, yeah. Um. So what? how do you feel about, you know, your situation that you just described now where you're in the Bronx, which, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm guessing you elected to be there somewhat and, you know, you feel comfortable there uh, culturally, if not, you know exactly welcomed uh wholeheartedly with open arms by the community versus uh you know going back to japan where maybe you can't do that community work or there's no need for it as much and you'll Mm -hmm. still also be that minority kind of thing maybe even more and also versus you know back home in Indiana. So wait, what's the question? What's what's your assessment of, you know, those three different environments like being in one versus the others? Well, I mean, it it, it really just I don't know, it, it just it just depends on um what it is you're trying to do and how people are reacting to it, you know. Um, here, there's a, there's a stigma, you know. The, the, there's plenty of people in that. It, it's it's just people, you know, individual people. There's plenty of people in this community that that know me and love me and know that I have all the right, you know, intentions and they support me and they want to help me to realize things. I got people telling me that they want to make me uh, uh, like. Uh, representative of different areas and like, you know, do these, you know, crazy, almost political things. Right. So I have those people, you know, who, who support me and they see like the good that, 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 that they want, that they want, you know, and, and then I'm in the conversation because I'm working with this nonprofit. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, there's one side of the coin. Right. But then there's also other people that are, you know, like gatekeeping the, the community. Right uh this is our neighborhood we've been here and that's that's a you know that's a sentiment and so there's a there's a stigma about me being a part of it right mm-hmm. even though you know my ancestors were dutch and they settled this area hey, and so it's kind of relative shout out the new to amsterdam even, right <laughs> so it's, it's relative you know to and it's just and, and and it's understandable it always will be right um and so it, it's it's a little bit difficult um, you know, but haters gonna hate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> haters always gonna hate, and you just gotta kind of overcome that, especially whenever you know you're trying to do the right thing. Um, and that's all we can do. And you just gotta learn. <clears throat> I'll make mistakes. I might even be making making mistakes as I'm talking. You know, right now, and I'm always willing to be accountable for those things. It's always a mistake to come uh, on this podcast. Always a mistake. Always a mistake to come on this podcast. Number yeah. one. <laughs> no. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it, it is what it is, and uh, and everybody, and and the thing is, is like you. So I always have it in the back of my head, like it's never like I'm not taking other people into consideration whenever I'm living my life here, you know, and that's taxing on me because you want to be able to freely kind of be who you are, you know, 
And so, and that gets a little tough, you know, and, and, and I understand that like me in the position that I'm in, privileged white male, it's, it's nothing compared to what other people go through, right? But it's my reality. And so that's what I'm talking about it. Mm. Um, but in comparison to, you know, Indiana, I, I, can, I, don't, I could never move back to Indiana. That is like uh, the places like Indianapolis, there's with the place, I don't know, I could just never move back there. <laughs> Those are like small areas. They don't have the diversity that I need. They don't have a lot of the things. Like that's just an echo chamber. Right. I'm good on that. You know, Japan, same thing, same situation. Um, a lot of our incentive to want to move there is Shuri's family more so than anything. Um, I understand that I'm minoritized in that, you know, context as well. Um, but uh, I don't know. But like even, you know, in Japan, like we still had like this level of uh I guess freedom. I mean, we were scrutinized a lot by the by the population around us, but um, I don't know. I guess, I guess J Japanese people are just a little bit more um, accepting, even whenever we're being like total shitheads as foreigners. <laughs> you know, mm, sometimes true. they can be like. I don't know. Sometimes they, they seem, they're, I guess, a little bit, I don't know. I don't know how to put this. Like, they're nice about it. <laughs> like, okay, that's something that you guys do where you're from. I get it. Yeah, they, Whereas, uh, yeah, they, you know what I mean? Give us a lot of leeway. Right. Whereas, you know, here, New York City, Bronx, America, it's like, you know, you make a mistake and it's like they want to hang you by your toenails mm. in yeah. the streets. I can see that. Yeah, so you just feel kind of like anxious about living. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be the first husband of a Japanese woman to uh, come to Japan with her. Yeah. Not uncommon yeah, we'll at all. We'll see what happens. Right. Plus, you guys will be yeah. back to normal way before America. It looks like they already are, dude. Uh, yeah. I've heard the numbers are, well, it's third wave season, but, you know, it's not as bad there. Yeah. But it's definitely third wave season right now. America's still on that number one wave, bro. Keeping yeah, that wave, bro. Keeping that wave rolling, son. <laughs> right away. For sure. I'm going to stay on this thing, too. <laughs> this train people has got never no got, brakes. Like, that, I know. People think that, like, I mean, it's impossible to be positive. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, you, people don't know how to act. Like, no, nobody's going to learn, you know. It, they're going to get COVID and they're going to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in, the, in the height of all of this, in the height of all of this, whenever nobody had, like, good information either so like you know now people scrutinize the information a lot more they're like oh you know coronavirus isn't real you know 97 percent survival rate. like those you know those are that's scrutiny okay whatever uh but even before that before we had like any kind of information and the news was basically saying like coronavirus is killing people you know and that was all we knew and people were scared and people were buying all the toilet paper in that moment Right. Where most people were reacting to something they thought was potentially going to kill them. 
there were still people flooding the beaches in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Large gatherings, drinking out there. Spring break, Getting man. interviewed. Right? Like, people don't know how to act, and they're not going to know how to act. And so that's what happens. I keep saying it, man. <laughs> I've uh, I've turned a corner on uh, being optimistic about people. Like, I, I, I think they're, they're just dumb. Like, I hate to be so elitist or, you know, think high so high of myself but man people are so fucking dumb like I the know. dumbest of the dumb like i can't i can't believe it i know like if this i know dude this shit obvious it's not that it's not as lethal as other viruses you know what i mean even though people are dying it's not as deadly as it could be but man like uh i really don't want to get into like a zombie type situation with a lot of these motherfuckers out here because mm-hmm. i completely understand why there's so many zombies now because niggas are dumb niggas are so dumb <laughs> oh my god uh, i know man you can't count on, you just can't count on people to do the right thing all the time so it's tough I mean, people, I I just don't get it. Like, my biggest thing, I was never afraid of getting the coronavirus just because of my age and, you know, I don't have any disposition. So I was never afraid of getting it. What I really, really, really was afraid of was being the reason someone else got it. True. Yeah. But I don't think anybody shares that feeling. Like, I mean, nope. I, like, I think, like, a lot of people do not share that. Like, they're like, fuck, like. Their grandma. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people. What's up, Grandma? How you doing? People traveled for face. Thanksgiving. They're gonna be traveling for Christmas, definitely. I know, I know. Oh, the, dude! After these holidays, New Year's, bro. Come on. Crazy Come January, numbers. the coronavirus is gonna mutate. It's gonna turn into a human. It's gonna turn into this large <laughs> monster beast. It's gonna be like King Kong, like just destroying buildings. <laughs> you know, um. They said there's already some kind of weird mutation from um, in minks, I think they're called. You know that animal? Yeah. Yeah, like there was something happening in Denmark where uh, minks are uh, susceptible or it's very easy for them to spread or and catch the coronavirus. So there was like some kind of strain of coronavirus that had mutated in minks so they were gonna kill all the minks in denmark like they have these farms for you know mink fur and sometimes meat or whatever but uh they ended up not doing that because of protest or something but yeah man was it mutating was the virus mutating i read there was a mutation like there was an actual mutation inside of minks. yeah that's a given i mean that happens with every virus. I mean, that's why you get a flu shot every year, you know, because the flu mutates. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus is no different. It's it's bound to mutate and potentially be with us forever. Like, the, the literally, the way that we get flu shots, I think for the rest of our lives, we'll get coronavirus shots. And I think it's going to be a mandated thing. Like, I think there's going to be no avoiding it now it's going to be something like you can and they'll make life impossible for you if you don't have one like no flights you can't go to schools no universities like all that kind of stuff uh somebody else was telling me um because they're they're in the tourist industry and they were like yeah me and 
somebody else, my friend, said she was reconsidering this uh, line of work and moving into something else because, you know, now we're dealing with COVID-19 and it looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel, you know, things will get back to some kind of normal standard. But, you know, what about COVID-22 or COVID-25? Mm-hmm. You know, can your life really take any more of these kinds of um, shutdowns or, you know, worldwide hysterical pandemics? Well, society will cease to exist, dude. People will choose otherwise. Hmm. I mean, verse like choosing between okay you can live a secluded life in the woods and hunt deer for the rest of your life or you can live in this failing society where you can't even interact with people so like what's the point people will choose otherwise people already are choosing otherwise i mean the the boom and like this mobile lifestyle thing with people like living in buses that they've like modified and tiny homes like people are over it dude this is late stage capitalism and people are get like they're getting to be done you, now you throw coronavirus in it in that mix for <laughs> you know the foreseeable future mm-hmm. nah, you're gonna see these huge shifts like population huge migrations you see people moving like i'm telling you moving into cabins in the woods secluding themselves like because there's what's the point bleak i mean if shit you, is bleak Shit is bleak. How are you gonna live in New York City? You can't even go outside. Like, word. There's no events going on. Like, what's the point of being in a city? I feel like I live in a cabin right now, and I live in the like supposedly one of the most lit cities in the universe, and I'm like <laughs> chilling at home all the time. Like, come on. Word. Crazy. I was um, man. When I when I think about my uh, life in Japan. And how my uh, my my nightlife, my social life was uh, supporting and subsidizing, you know, the work I had to do to earn a paycheck, you know, to mm-hmm. pay rent and buy food and shit like that. Like uh, having to have that life without the nightlife and social aspect would be fucking debilitating. Mm-hmm. Which uh, That's terrible. was how it was for a couple months at least. Yep. Shit's crazy. I haven't, yo, I haven't, we haven't talked about me. I have not made any music either. Yeah, I was going to ask you like, about that. Bro, like since I got here, I have not made any music. I dropped my two albums when I was in Japan and I moved here and like nothing. I, I don't, I don't know, dude. I just like, lost all my creative ability (laughs) i don't know i second guess myself so much when i start working on that stuff and everything that's been happening it's just like i don't know it just all feels crazy is it uh work because you're busy because you were um at the beginning you were no you had that job when you first got there right like you had a job already set up you weren't looking for work when you first got there. yeah no i so when i was when i was back in japan it was crazy because i was like i was doing job interviews here like video job interviews at like 2 a.m so i was like 
was so tired. I was like half asleep, half awake, mm-hmm. trying to interview for all these jobs. I was interviewing for jobs here, California. I was interviewing for Dubai, all sorts of stuff. But yeah, I finally landed this job here. And it was just like where I went, like my work environment was terrible. That's what I'll say. Okay. Terrible, and it just it put me. It was off putting. I was working like hours. I I could I would come home like I would work all day. I'd be teaching kids, which is already taxing enough and emotionally driven. And like yeah. kids, and not only that, like these are kids that were going through a lot. And I'm trying to be there for them and a lot, right? And then I would come home and I'd have to do all these lesson plans. And I had um I had a boss who was very who would scrutinize everything. And it was just chaotic, dude. And so, yeah, so I didn't make music. And I was also living in, a, uh, I was renting a room out of someone else's apartment when I first got here in Inwood. And just my environment was just like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't record. I couldn't listen to music like out loud because I was mm. renting a room. So I just didn't have any of the, none of the ingredients to continue with my music career. And so that put me off for like a whole year. I finally like moved out of that job. I quit that job and I moved to teaching at this middle school, you know, and I, and I've been here and it's been great. Like the school I work at now is amazing. Uh, my new boss is dope. Um, and everything's good on that end. Still working a lot. I'm in grad school now, but like, I don't know, just the creativity has just been sucked out of me. I don't know what it is. Like, I think it's just the, the bleakness of everything. It's kind of just killed me. I put out one song. I made it for my mom. And I and, and when I listen to it now, I realize it's me trying to like get back in touch with like that positive, creative side of myself. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I made it for my mom is like that whole, you know, piece of like me trying to like get back into something comfortable, I guess. But it just, I don't know, dude, I've just been a mess. I, I worked, I'm actually finished a song today. And what's happening is I, I have tons of stuff that I work on. But I don't finish it, or if I do finish it, I don't do anything with it. So that's where I'm at. Well, I I think um, you know this whole situation has affected people in different ways, and a, a lot of people are saying things like, you know, uh, take this time to build and you know come back stronger out the end which you know fair enough you know positive mantras and things like that are good and have their place but I think dealing with uh, you know these conditions however works for you is also important and you know everybody's not going to come out of here having written the next great American novel or you know mm-hmm. be ready to be a YouTube superstar or whatever the fuck. Uh, if you just come out and, you know, now you floss every day and you can do 50 push-ups, you know, that's great. <clears throat> or even if, you know, you just took some time for yourself to chill out and not have a breakdown, that's also good. Facts. Big facts, know, man. You got to just... I know you just got to get comfortable with understanding like whatever you're doing, it's okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, man. Just keep going. Yeah. It's been hard for me. I mean, I'm I'm just naturally kind of like a like I'm a very productive, like production-oriented kind of dude, like and I get like almost anxious. Like if I'm if I feel like I'm not doing 
uh, I'm not being productive or doing the things that I need to do. Like it really it sends me in this really bad place where I just feel like, oh God, like what, if I, what am I doing with my life? You know, like on, on certain days, like on weekends, I always get like this on weekends. Like on weekends, I have to take the morning and I have to do something productive. And it, which is like this disgusting piece of myself that I can't stand because it's like, I feel like I'm not allowed to reward myself. And this is New York, bro. This is New York for you. Like it, it forces you to feel this way. And I'm just a teacher, like talk, call somebody who works on Wall Street and talk to them about what I'm talking about right now. But I feel like I'm not allowed to reward myself with like any free time. And it just, it drives you crazy. Like you feel like you always have to be productive. And if you're not being productive, you're worthless. Like that's also like the whole being a man thing. Like everything is so transactionary. Like, you know, you, you have to be productive. You have to do this. You have to impress people, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just, oh, damn. <laughs> you know and i'm also trying to live up to those previous years of my life when i was you know put on an album had really great everybody's you know people still listen my album's doing great still i'm so i'm getting paid from that album still people are still there and this is what bothers me like people are still really big fans of my music and and i think this is another reason why i'm having so much trouble making music is because like they're there and I want so badly to like make something that's good and something that they can relate to and that's meaningful for them. And I, I'm so afraid of letting those people down. Hmm. Then I'm just like, what? Music has been like this crazy thing for me, man. Like the, I have the weirdest relationship with with my music career right now. I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. It's, it's crazy. I don't know. Hmm. Well, take that one song or those two songs that you've you know uh the one song for your mom you put out the one you finished today and you know just keep building on those i think uh a lot of the time uh people get stuck on uh should i put this out is it good enough comparing it to other people comparing it to themselves in the past when really you know after you've put something out it it kind of takes on a life of its own and you can go on to the next thing that's true it's um it's it's kind of why i admire a lot of people who can make uh so much disposable content like you know they make a youtube video every day or they're just you know right tick their lives away but you know they got content and sometimes views and supporters because you know they they put their shit out it's consistent yeah basically regardless of how you feel about the quality they uh yep. they're doing the work some kind of work i try so i tried that over i think that was actually right over the summer um i tried to like i was doing these little instagram videos i would make like a just a, like a one verse i would like make a beat and then i would do like one verse and i was uploading all these instagram videos and i tried so hard i was trying to do like one a week two a week <clears throat> um yeah dude it's just it's exhausting it's so hard to keep up with like i can't do i don't know because I'm such a perfectionist and like that. Some of those, like I, I go back and listen to those. I'm like, dude, why did I put this out? Mm. I, I'll keep it up there, you know, but it is what it is. I guess I just, uh, 
I don't know. And and I always like there'll be like these times too. <clears throat> and and it's the worst that I do this to myself because like I'm already feeling bad about it. I'm like, yo, I gotta start working on music again. Like it it's literally like it saved my life so many times. It's it's how I like get over things, you know. It's like I make music and I just I vent and I and I'm better, you know. And then the beautiful thing about it is other people feel the same way and they listen to it and they relate. But like I'll get in these places where I'm like feeling that way, where like I'm I'm like, yo, I gotta get back to making music. I gotta do this. And then I'll listen to my album, Carmel. And like this is gonna sound like I'm bragging or whatever, but that's such a good album. Like mm. when I listen to that album, I'm like, dude, I can't compete. <laughs> <laughs> I can't match this. Like that's I I don't know, dude. It's like it's like my it's my Illmatic, dude. Like you can't I feel like Nas. Like I feel like I made Illmatic and now I'm just in the Nas phase, like where everything else I put out is like subpar. But I gotta get over that, bro. I gotta just start doing something. I don't I don't know. It's been weird. Yeah, man. I mean quality like uh your music is quality and i guess you're holding yourself up to a standard yep. not not even just like you know a, a certain standard like your own standard that's you know holding you back now yeah i'll get over it i just it's been it's been rough but we'll get back to it eventually get it man please do uh Put some more songs out. Where's that song uh, for your mom at? It's on, uh, it's, on, it's everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, yada, yada, yada. If you just look my name up, you'll find it. It's Cal Combs. Oh, you guys, yo, you remember whatever you guys used to do commercials for me? <laughs> yeah. Yo. Calcombs.com. Yes. Calcombs.com. Use the promo code. Make a late show. <laughs> we sold zero shirts with that promo code. <laughs> Uh, yeah our listeners uh not big uh consumers of uh, <laughs> of uh, uh yeah of a uh, rap t-shirts apparently i really thought that was gonna work dude i was really under the impression like somebody was gonna be like yeah you know what this guy's sponsoring the podcast i'm down <laughs> let me buy a t-shirt let me get these guys some money yeah i think we had like one third of the listeners then that we do now and so you telling me I got to recontract with y'all for some commercials? Time to re-up, baby. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Calcombs that cow. I remember, yo, you guys were so funny with that. <laughs> you had like the like the infomercial like background music too. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this uh, used to be real formatted. Used to do a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that shit's funny. But yeah, man, I want to... Whenever you're ready, down for some new music, some new new. Yeah, I got you. I got the whole setup now too. I got like all all the stuff that I always dreamed of having as like a as an artist. I got I got the speakers, I got the the Mac, I got the you know a Kai keyboard, I got the Newman uh, microphone. I got all the stuff that I wanted ever, and like now I'm just sitting here, and it's like it's the worst, man. Come on gotta get myself in shape i don't know i think another thing too that's kind of been holding me back is like just the like the community the 
the communal nature of music. Like used to when I, like I would make music or I would put a song out or whatever. And I had like this group of people that were around me that almost like celebrated it. You know, I would put out a song in Japan or I put out those albums in Japan. And it was like, yo, shows are getting booked. People want to hear it. People want to talk about it, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, that was a huge thing. You know, it was, it was rewarding, you know, and it's kind of shallow of me to be that way, but you know, it, it motivates you to continue to do it. Um, and it's always been the case, but now here in New York, you know, the, the music scene's here, it's huge, you know, but people make a different kind of music that like, I can't really, I'm just not a part of, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, a, it's a different vibe. And so if I make a song here, it's like, I'm making it for people somewhere else in the world. No, man, That's you're, uh, lame. you're, uh, environment, your, uh, your associations are a big part of it. Like, um, you know, if you're around a bunch of teachers, you're probably also a teacher and teaching. If you're around a bunch of DJs, you might end up DJing or just doing some right. other kind of music associated thing. And, you know, everybody feeds off of the energy that they make with each other and build upon all of that energy together. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Facts. It's hard to, it's not, I mean, everybody's different, you know what I mean? But uh, building in isolation doesn't always make the best results. Mm -hmm. I noticed that with um, even some popular artists that I listen to, like some people who, you know, they never have features and they produce their own music, you know, some of that shit is fine. But I generally find once people start collaborating more, the, the music also gets better or you know there's something different about it that's more interesting like uh that's so true even like with drake like when he when he had those stretch of albums where he didn't have any features and it was like mostly just him and maybe i don't know rihanna or Nicki minaj or lil wayne like not all of that shit is so good but once he started mm. getting other people on the tracks i don't know i started feeling like uh they had a different kind of vibe and energy in them again that's facts that's totally facts i think that's the key too mm -hmm. i just gotta start working with people that's it that's it bro let's Boy, get it you might have just you might have just saved my career bro <laughs> calcombs.com <laughs> yes sir oh, shit. well damn man um I think we'll wrap it up here then. All right. How's uh Shiori? If you want to on man. the podcast. She's good. Yeah, dude, bring her on sometime. She'd love to talk to you. She's she's living that life, man. Things but yo, she got a whole set of her own crazy stories going on. Her <laughs> moving here, trying to like apply as an immigrant. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Man. She got all of she's in school now too. Me and her are both in grad school. And we're both like remote grad school. So we're just like always on the computer, like working, slaving away. Oh, but you know, we're living at least. That's all you can ask for. Well, hopefully things will get better next year. And you know, the next administration, things will get easier for y'all, her in particular. For sure. Ugh, trash ass year. <sighs> I know. 
I can't wait till it's just over. <laughs> you know, just mm. move on. Bet, bet, bet. Damn. But yeah, man, good to hear you're doing okay. Yeah, man, good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. It was, you know, good chatting with you. No doubt. Even though you're a king you're ops like in the king building. Op. Yeah. Yeah, king <laughs> op, Brody. <laughs> 37 minutes into the combo. Yo, P.S. You're being wiretapped. Uh, Young man shit. works for the NSA. Oh, man. I just want people to know if I ever say, oh, this is for the podcast. I'm probably already recording you right then <laughs> like, as I'm asking you to be on the podcast. <laughs> I don't like to waste time. I got you. Yeah, you got to get that content heard. It's king, you know. Uh, king up. Trying to get this TikTok popping. Oh, you guys run a TikTok now? Nah, but no. I should learn some dances for sure. Yeah, facts. Ask some of your middle schoolers what's hot in the streets. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yo, I, I, yeah, don't do that to him. <laughs> I'll I'll just say one more thing. You know, uh, Lil Wayne dropped uh, No Ceilings three recently, right? And I was looking no, at. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, looking at the track listing, you know, he's rapping over other people's beats. And I was like, fuck, I don't know any of these songs. <laughs> 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 it was all like Lil Baby, Da Baby, Lil Trey. Uh, and I was like, yo, I don't know who any of these niggas are, man. Because even when I listen to the radio, it's like the same three or four songs over and over again. And it's not those songs, at least down here. I mean the baby and little baby, but outside of that, Drake, Gutta Gutta, Corey Guns. Yo, wait, Gutta Gutta. He's been around forever, actually, since yeah, like the beginning cruel. of. Yeah. Yeah, he's cruel at Cash Money, but I mean like the the instrumentals he's actually rapping over, not the features. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I gotta listen to this. I don't even know he released it. The song with Drake is pretty good, but um. Drake's verses, all right. King. I don't really like Lil Wayne's verse. I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm going to listen to the whole thing based off of the whole Trump move he pulled like the last week before the election. Who? Wayne? Yeah. What'd he do? Oh, you didn't uh, see him like um, taking a PR pick with uh, Donald Trump talking about support for the black community oh come on bro no i didn't hear about that so now so now lil wayne's canceled <laughs> i don't think if he got to like ice cube cancellation territory because i think it was just okay. one pick but it was still uh it's enough to make me not immediately listen to no ceilings three <laughs> got you yeah. i don't know dude what lil pump did though you saw what lil pump did <laughs> uh, i heard about it yeah or what yo you gotta see that video Donald Trump goes, today we have Lil Pimp. <laughs> Some of you may know him. Some of, he's, he's apparently, a, people love him, apparently. Uh, he comes up and he's like, yeah, he was a total crazy. Well, I'm already, so Lil Pump's canceled. I've already been not listening to Lil Pump, so that's easy. Yeah, I mean, it's not like anybody easy. was really too hurt about like Lil Pump being disappeared from the music game. But, you know, just, just sharing info. But Lil Wayne, bro, he's a he's he's a legend, for sure. Absolutely, respect to the God. But um, 
even gods have flaws and fuck up. Facts, facts. Yeah, man. Easy come, easy go. That's another thing about art. You know, Lil Pump was on top of the world two or three years ago. Lil Pump, Smoke yeah. Perp, all that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, where are they now? You know, take your time. <laughs> take your time with your shit. And, and I'm sure they still have their fans the same way you still have your fans. Like, do it for your peoples. Do it for your art. Do it for the love. Do it for the right reasons. Right. Yo, you should do like a mega late show investigative journalism uh, special premiere where you like, where are they now? <laughs> you look at all these one hit wonder artists. Where's, where's Ray Schremer, bro? What happened? Oh, where shit. they at? We should, where do, they at? we should do something like that. I think we we talked about doing some kind of one hit wonder thing one time, but never got Big around to it. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I don't know, 2021 hopefully will be what 2020 was supposed to be. All kinds of new things going on. Dude, that was the other thing. Everybody really, I, I mean, I know I went into 2020 thinking like, yo, 2020? About the two zero two zero. This is This is going to be a, the, you know the, what, guys? The, the We're going to have us. It's going to be so <laughs> spectacular. Oh, gee golly. Look at me now, bro. Depressed. Chilling. Like... <laughs> scared i'm gonna lose my job out in the street getting tear gas like what is this <laughs> this is not what i signed up for dog <laughs> what is oh, this oh my gosh jeez man facts big facts just... anyways bro thanks for calling appreciate you talking with me man nah no doubt thank you for the time it's good catching up Anytime. with you let's uh Stay in touch, and once this vaccine pops off and we both get vaxxed, then uh, <laughs> maybe we can run into each other out in these streets. Dude, please. come to, hey, You ever want to come to New York City, you let me know. I got a place for you. Stay with us. No doubt. I would, for uh, sure. I would love a couch. <laughs> nah, we got a whole air mattress for you, Brody. Oh, shit. The Bronx. Yeah. The Bronx, nigga. The Bronx. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, man. Yeah. We'll be in touch, brother. Give, uh, Give me a call anytime. Love. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, for sure. Same, for same. Sure. Got you. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. All right. Peace. Yeah, peace.